This is your travel radio podcast, dedicated to connecting you, the traveler, to travel professionals. You will hear from authors, destination specialists, linguists, CEOs, and travel advisors that can turn these experiences into your vacation of a lifetime. Questions, comments, suggestions? Please email info at travelradiopodcast.com. If you like what you are hearing, please leave us a review. Now, enjoy today's audio journey on the Travel Radio Podcast. Hello and welcome to Travel Radio. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and I am recording after so long. We were on a cruise ship and it was very exciting. It was a planned family holiday that was going to be an 11-day, 11-night adventure. And then due to some crazy storms, we ended up being another three days longer, but with some awesome added ports. So uh, we'll talk about that another time. So uh, my apologies, that has been a little inconsistent putting things out, but I could not help that uh, between packing and getting ready for the trip and being on the trip with delays. It just got long and that's just life, but it's right. It's a good story to talk about later. Now this week is going to be cruising to Alaska with Matthew Walgren. Matthew's been on the program before and uh, this is you know, talking about what it's like to cruise Alaska and why it might be a good way for you and your family to travel. Uh, Because, you know, you could take time to do the interior by train or car alone, but you could take advantage of the water in the sense that you would be traveling overnight while you're sleeping so that during the day you're actually getting to see and explore and uh, some of the ways that that might be an advantage for you. And then also, while we have a lot of cruising episodes coming up, the next one will be uh, travel for specifically singles that are the baby boomers generation. So um, looking at the demographics of this show, I'm going to guess that it's not too many of you listening, but this may be a great idea for maybe a parent or a grandparent that wants to travel but does not have a companion to go with. So this is um, not necessarily a matchmaking service, but it is a traveling companion uh, service uh, where they travel you around with, that was some really bad English there. They let you and set you up with a group of travelers that are all single people that want to explore together. And maybe, just maybe, you will fall in love, but that's not the purpose. Anyway, it's a great cruise. It's on the Queen Mary 2. I have lots of details coming up. That'll be next week with Tammy Weiler, who's been on the program before. And then we'll probably talk about our extended cruise. And we'll talk about um, would you, could you have a writing retreat at sea? And um, if you have been on a writing retreat and you enjoyed it or you didn't enjoy it, I'd be interested to hear uh, or get an email from you on that because I would like to compare it to what I planned for my husband. And the email address here is info at travelradiopodcast.com. And of course, I'd love to hear from you, um, whether you like it, hate it, or have an idea. That'd be great. And without further ado, I think that is enough updates. And you should just get to enjoy this week's episode of Cruising Through the Glaciers in Alaska with Matthew Walgren. 
Hello and welcome to Travel Radio. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and I am pleased today to welcome back Matthew Walgren to the program. Welcome, Matt. Hi, Megan. Hi. Hey, Matt. For people that haven't heard your past episodes, which this might be number eight, I'm not sure. You haven't been on in a while, but we, we've, had some, we've had some interviews. So let's talk about yeah. you, and can you give people a quick overview of you uh, for, that haven't heard your past episodes? Yep. So I'm a travel advisor. I have been for five years now. I specialize in European, custom European vacations, river cruises, and ocean cruises. And I also do um, beach vacations in Mexico and Hawaii. I visit those places about once a year, um, mm-hmm. sometimes a couple times a year um, to stay up on, on the, the newest, latest, and greatest resorts. Yeah. If you watch Matt's Facebook or Instagram feed or all these places, he might be you're like, how can you get to work from the most amazing places? And people say that about mine too, so I can't complain. But yours typically <laughs> tend to be warmer than <laughs> the places that I am. So, <laughs> yes, yes, I like the warm. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, what's new with you? Let's talk about what's been happening recently in your life that, well, that's sh- that you want to share with us, I suppose. Yeah. So one big thing that. Uh, couple months ago since we, you know, in between us talking, um, I am now on the board of NorCal ASTA. That Mm. is the Northern California chapter of the Association of Travel Advisors. Awesome. So I am a a second VP. So I'm excited about that. We're doing lots of cool things, going on trips and uh, meeting with all the different players in the travel industry to to stay knowledgeable and, and support the travel agent uh, community within Northern California. Well, congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, The other thing is I am now, uh, I applied and registered and had a lengthy interview and was approved to be a distinctive voyages host, Mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. Uh, If your um, listeners don't know what it is, it is um, a select group of travel agents um, who host ocean cruises and river cruises now, actually, um, throughout the year. Okay. So I'm going to be doing, I've done one already. I'm doing a couple more. Oh, um, gosh. Good. It's, a, it's a program. Yeah. It's basically uh, if um, so travelers as a client, book through a. Yeah. Okay. Tell yeah. a client experience. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if, Basically, you get these special amenities um, if you book through a select group of travel advisors. So, and the amenities are well, one is uh, you get a free cocktail reception and appetizers, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and you get an exclusive uh, shore excursion. Yep. And then you get the host on board. So, if you need anything, have any questions, they're kind of your expert on cruising and the port destinations that you're going to, they're there to take care of you and answer all your questions. Great. That's great. Um, Do you have a link to that? Where can people find those? Because you, I mean, I didn't know that, but prior to scheduling this interview, but now I know that the the cruise that we're going to talk about was one of those. How do people find that information? Yeah, I can give you... um, Maybe a, a link for the show notes. A link, yeah. Let me see if I can find the link with more information about that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how to find a, I guess, a, a travel advisor that um, you can get these special perks from. Cool. 
Yeah. And these are things that are on top of whatever promotions you're getting through the cruise line. These are additional, correct? Yep. That's right. They're on top of any of the promotions you're getting. Sometimes they do include a bonus um, onboard uh, credit as well. Uh, not every time, but it is it is uh, sometimes. And yeah, it's all on top of everything um, you're already getting through the cruise line. Okay. And cool. the special promotions. It is it is combinable with the, any other special promotions. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Good to hear. All right. Glad to hear that things are going well for you. That's exciting. Great. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. So here's a little travel radio Q&A. Can you guess what the top two countries are for travel radio's listenership? Where do people listen from in the world? Well, I would say United States. Yep. Number would be one. Number one. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> And number two is maybe Canada? No, Canada is not far behind, but it is no. actually Poland. Oh. I, Poland. Pe- I love the people of Poland. They are, they are doing wow. great things for me in the ratings. And also, I really <laughs> have, I keep saying we're getting to this country and we finally have it. We finally have it booked out and, well, blocked out anyway. In April, we'll be spending at least a week there. So that's exciting. But um, yeah, Poland. And I don't, I don't know what happened in Poland. To make the ratings go so high and get such high downloads there. But if you're in Poland and listening, please tell me. I'd love to know. And thank you. Um, And if you're listening in Poland, I love your pizza. You got good pizza over there. (laughs) Oh, that sounds good. That's a good tip. Unexpected, but I'll try it. So what's different about Polish pizza? Well, what I liked about it is, is, is actually because when... I was living in Europe for a couple of years and the pizza is very different than mm. what I'm used to American style pizza, mm-hmm. but Polish pizza was similar to American style pizza. So that's what I liked about it because okay. <laughs> I couldn't get American style pizza over there until I went to Poland. I was like, wow, this is, it seems more like American pizza than mm. European pizza. I love it. Okay, <laughs> cheesy, you know, know. It, was, it was real cheesy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Because we do pizza probably once in, once a week here just because it you know it's easy the kids like it fine but it it is not you know what we're used to however there's a there's a grocery store called Sainsbury's and Sainsbury's has a stuffed crust like I think they even call it like the American pepperoni or maybe it's double pepperoni but it's the stuffed crust one with like a pinkish box and that like the the sauce flavor is similar and I think that the cheese and pepperoni ratio is better. So anyway, if you're traveling yeah. here and you want to do a frozen pizza, the Sainsbury's stuffed crust, which is stuffed with like a little bit of cheese, but also like garlic butter. So it's really yummy. Uh, mm. So that's, that's a good option. But I will try the Polish pizza. That's good. Um, Matt, do you, you did Peace Corps in Poland, correct? No, it was actually Bulgaria. Oh, Bulgaria. Oh, I thought I'm, yeah. I thought I'm not quite south. right on this. <laughs> Ah, so you don't know any Polish then? No, I don't really okay. know any Polish. I was hoping you're going to give me a greeting and, and a thank you in Polish, but that's all right. That, that's all right. How well, can you give us one in Bulgarian? <laughs> a greeting? Yeah, uh, I could say "Stravete." Um, what does that mean? It's basically "hello." Hello, hello to everyone in Bulgaria. Stravete. Yeah. Kind of sounded like Mario or something from Super right. Mario Brothers, but 
I tried. So summer is winding down. People are returning from their vacations and planning for 2020. At least I I hope that they're planning for 2020 because long-term planning is key to vacation success. But um, let's talk about your most recent summer cruise, uh, that being your cruise to Alaska. And uh, would you firstly please tell me, you know, about your impressions of celebrity cruise lines, which is which is the line that you went on? Yeah, so I personally I love celebrity. It's really oriented towards me and what I like. It's uh, adult oriented. It mm-hmm. is it is family friendly, but it does have a lot of things that are more you know it has like well crafted cocktails and the the food service and everything is more geared towards uh, adult mm-hmm. uh, fun. And so. Um, I love them. All right. Yeah. That's my, that's kind of my gold cruise line as we haven't cruised celebrity yet, but, um, I, I've heard them say, well, cause you know, the other side of my life is that I also, I'm a travel professional. And so in training, I've heard them say, we want it to feel like it's one-to-one guests to staff, even though it's not, but it's close to two-to-one. I think, um, if I, if I remember, the there's a lot of staff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of staff. I can't remember the exact ratio, but there was a lot of staff. I remember the uh, friend that I had go with me, we were looking at stuff, and I told him how much staff. I don't remember the exact numbers, but he was like, whoa, that's a lot of staff Mm -hmm. given the number of uh, passengers on board. So, yeah. So what ship did you go on? It was Celebrity Solstice, which is um, a really nice ship. I was on it last year, so I was excited to, to go back on it again, and I got to do some things on the ship that I didn't get to do. I didn't have time last year. So oh, I was like, this, this year I'm going to do it. <laughs> so what things were those? Well, the big one was um, glass blowing. Oh. They have a glass blowing experience well on the ship. So I um, got to create this, this really cool flower. Uh, it's, you pick your colors, you melt the glass, you put mm. it through those, you know, big burners, whatever they're called. Uh, you spin it, you stretch it. Yeah. There's someone there each step of the way helping you and guiding you. And that's something I had hoped to do last year and just time didn't allow it. And this year I'm like, I'm not leaving this ship without making something from glass. That's pretty wild because, you know, you're, this particular itinerary is all about things cold and you're in there like on the ship, like to milk glass, that's a, the temperature is something incre- like incredible. That's, I don't know, that's, to me, it's kind of amazing. The polar, okay, I'm making all these bad references to cold, like polar and things <laughs> like that. But I'm trying to say, like, you know, the, the idea of putting a glass blowing studio on a cruise ship and then putting that cruise ship in Alaska, I don't know, it's neat to me. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and it is outside. The studio is outside, which is perfect because you're getting that cool breeze. But you're right there in, in the warmth of the studio, mm. and it feels it feels great. I like the I like the hot and cold sort of difference it, there. Let's talk about um, the size of the ship. The and size. It's about three thousand people mm-hmm. um, on the ship in terms of. Tonnage, or what? 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 What do you mean I, in terms of size? Like people, like, or yeah, when someone gets on there, are people? Some people they have this phobia of cruise ships. Like I'm going to be trapped with all these people. It's going to be ten thousand people on a cruise ship, and you know the space I have to myself is a postage stamp, and it's going to be you know troughs of macaroni and cheese and blah blah blah. And 
um, I guess that's diverting from the size, but as far as like, is this a mega ship? Is this one of those, like, how does it compare to say a Royal Caribbean ship, like one of the mega ships or something? No, it's not a mega ship. It, this would be considered probably a mid-size ship now at about 3,000 passengers. The mega ships, I think the biggest ones are like 6,500 mm-hmm. people, so more than double. So yeah. this would be sort of a average size. It's not small, um, but it's not huge either. I think that's good because for me, I think stability when I'm floating through icy waters, but I also think smaller, you can get into more ports, so that's good. Um so yeah. then what is like, what's it like to embark on a celebrity ship? What's that process like? So it's pretty simple. You know, of course, it, it really depends on the cruise port that you're getting in as well. Some are better than others, but this one's through, uh, through um, Seattle. Mm-hmm. So it was very seamless. It's a nice uh, cruise terminal. Okay. Uh, you, when you, the first thing you do when you get there is you've got these luggage tags that you printed already, um, which is great because when you get to the cruise terminal, what you want to do is, um, attach those luggage tags and then hand those off to, um, the crew down there so that that way you can, you know, explore the ship without having to lug your bags all around because your room isn't going to be ready if you, sure. if you come on early. Like a lot of people like to get on early, get the lay of the land. Um, and go visit the buffet because that's open and available and, of course, included with your fare. Great. So you get your, your first free lunch um, or included lunch, and you can explore the ship. Wonderful. So what if you're a person that has no status, this is their first time, it's pretty straightforward? Are they going to wait like 10 yeah. hours, or how's that go? Uh, the longest, I think the wait is could be up to an hour if okay. you don't like that kind of weight. What I found is the earlier you go, the better or the later, but be careful because you still need to get on the ship before it right. leaves. So, um, but if you, if you go, I think prime time is between like 11 and two. Mm-hmm. And I found that if you go, you know, get there right at 11 or before 11 and wait, um, you get through faster. Or if you go like say two two thirty, then it, it, the lines tend to be shorter as well. Most people have already gotten on the ship by then. Yeah, I like to go earlier if I can because, one, kids, so they get on the ship and can have freedom. And, two, you can get on and if you need to, you know, go to any of the desks or excursion desk or, you know, see customer service, you can get there right away and get that squared away before you have to wait in a line. So, Or if you want to go to the spa and get, like, a pass, you can do that early. Um, So I like the early option. Um, so what about an onboard app? A lot of the ships have an onboard app where, you know, if you're with a group of people and you know, your cell phones aren't necessarily working and you're not paying for the internet package, you can use an onboard app to see a schedule, to send messages to your family. Do they have something like that? Yeah. And they're kind of, um, they have two apps right now, uh, one for some of the older class ships, they're kind of transitioning mm-hmm. to kind of revolutionizing their ships to be more like Edge, which is um, their their newest ship. Mm-hmm. And with that app, when you're on the newest ships or the revolutionized ones, uh, you can do things like view um, the itinerary, day-to-day, what's going on on the ship and off the ship. Um, depending on the ship, you can even open the door with the app, oh, which is kind of cool. So you don't need to even have your key. Yeah. So they're really um, kind of rolling that out uh, ship by ship over mm-hmm. time. 
and for this ship, I didn't I didn't use an app because mm-hmm. um, I was pretty familiar with the ship and everything since I had okay. been on it before. But there is, yeah, there is an app. Great. And then as far as decor goes, what style do you think the ship is done in? It is modern luxury. It's going to be something like maybe a Westin or a W mm. is how I would compare it if it was a hotel. So it's upscale. It's nice, but not, um, not opulent, not okay. overly, you know, not, not uncomfortable. It's, okay. it's relaxing, comfortable, pretty. <laughs> do you think it was clean? Clean. Yeah. Great. I hate to see fingerprints. That's such a snobby thing to say, but I'm just like, oh, that just means people didn't wipe or use a napkin or, oh, okay, good. Okay. What about the staff? Do you think that they were friendly? Yeah, the staff is friendly. They are knowledgeable, especially when you uh, go to the same one. Say you have a favorite bartender. Like I always find a favorite bartender. I go to the different bars and I find the one that I like. And then that's where I go all the time. And they take real good care of you. They get to know you. It's a little bit more personal and they know what you like. And I I think it's fun that way. And then same with the dining. So I always like to eat in the main dining when possible. And I always sit in the same area so that I always get the same wait staff um, so that we kind of get to know each other and they know what I like and they know my sort of dinner routine and Mm -hmm. and what I want to do. Great. So then I have two thoughts on this, two questions. One is, um, what is the process like if you do have a really good staff member to, you know, at the end of the ship, is there something like, like, uh, for example, Cunard has the star card. Is there something like that for staff that you can fill out and give them, you know, a recommendation or something like that? Yep. There is a survey that you fill out and you can call out staff on that. And you can also, uh, provide additional tips to to staff members as well, which is, which is cool. Great. Well, then we you touched on it briefly, but can you talk about dining style and celebrity? Dining style? Yeah, they have uh, several different restaurants. So I'm just talking about Solstice now. Um, they have, you know, your your kind of traditional American sort of steakhouse. They have, um, which I really like, Sushi on Five. It's mm. pretty good uh, sushi and, uh, you know, different sorts of seafood. Mm-hmm. That's a la carte. And then the main dining, um, which I tend to go to because it's included in the fare at no additional cost, mm-hmm. is pretty good. They've got a, a, a set menu that in, the, in one corner that's always the same. So okay. it's just kind of you know like New York strip steak or stuff like this, just kind of easy things that sort of almost anyone would enjoy. Yeah. And then the rest of the menu rotates every night, which yes. is cool because you can kind of mix it up. You're not getting the same thing every day. It's different every day, um, different desserts every day as well. Okay, great. So what, it, so then because you were going to Alaska, was there some sort of like seafood bonanza night? They did offer that as an upgrade. Okay. Um, on one of the days that was on one of the sea days, they yeah. offered that as a lunch. Um, and I did that last year, uh, but I didn't do it this year. Um, we, I decided I was uh, with a friend and we decided going into it, you know, we're going to, we're going to be um, cheap on this cruise and we're not going to upgrade uh, for most of the restaurants. Although there was one exception mm. um, that I forced him into because it was the only restaurant I'd never been on the ship. Okay. I, said, I didn't get to go last year, so I'm going on it. And I got a pretty good, they offered us a pretty good rate. It was a slow day um, for them. And they said, hey, come on in. Uh, we're going to give you uh, this, you know, uh, 
pretty good rate to come in and, and try this. And it was, it was well worth it. And cool. even, even my friend admitted it was, it was better than the main dining, um, oh, nice. the, the staff and everything. It's just a, a more upscale experience. And that was the, um, was it called Murano okay. restaurant? Um, Wonderful. Yeah. And then, um, how does room service work on celebrity? So they have actually pretty good room service. They're one of the few cruise lines that you can actually get a warm uh, breakfast. So like okay. eggs and bacon and that sort of thing. When mm-hmm. most of the cruise lines you get room service, say for breakfast, it's going to be a cold breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a, uh, a, a like a gratuities charge for the breakfast. And sure. there are items that are sort of included and then there are um, upgraded items you can get as well for an additional fee. Okay, great. That's what I wanted to know. Wonderful. Um, so let's talk about the itinerary to Alaska. You started in, did you say Seattle? Yeah, it was a round trip um, cruise from Seattle. Okay, and then uh, can you talk about some of the ports you went to? Yep. So we went to, so this was actually getting back to the distinctive voyages thing. I was actually hosting Um, this cruise is part of the distinctive voyage is 130 passengers, um, which is a really cool experience and met a lot of different people from all over the country. Um, we, the, the embarkation was really cool because you get to see Seattle from a different vantage point and get to see the space needle and, you know, take pictures in a way that you really can't when you're in, when you're in Seattle. Mm. So just that embarkation, uh, experience was, was really cool to see. Seattle skyline in that, in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the other ports we went to, we visited Ketchikan, we visited Juneau, we visited Skagway, and we ended in Victoria. Of course, we were going through um, the inside passage, so there was mountains on either side of us. Um, so just even on sea days, there was a lot to see. So if you've mm-hmm. done a cruise before, you know, oftentimes you get out there in the ocean and then it's just the ocean and there isn't really much to see except the wide open space of the ocean. But that's different when you do an inside passage Alaska cruise because there's mountains on either side. There's waterfalls, there's animals, there's eagles. Mm. It's just a, the, the sea days are just a different experience um, when you're going to Alaska. Yeah, that's, well, that's, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that later, but that's exactly what I wanted to know about, about the, uh, the sea days. So then can we talk about um, just what your favorite port was and why it was? I really liked Ketchikan. I thought it was a really cool city with lots of different history. I got to visit uh, my first brothel there. <laughs> um, no longer no longer operating, but okay. um, you could do Good a tour know. of it and, <laughs> and what it was about. And I just thought that was really cool. And it was just a fun town to just walk around and just explore on your own. Um, I didn't even do an excursion in, in that town. I just wanted to kind of walk around. So did you know that the brothel was there or you just came across it and said, no, this is the, this is the museum for me today. No, I got hollered at and they told me to come in and <laughs> that's how it's been operating I, I forever. <laughs> yeah. But it was cool. The history of it and everything was really cool. Was, I think it opened about a hundred years ago or so. Um, and they, 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 you know, eventually got closed down and stuff, but it turned into a museum. Yeah. It's interesting. All right. So did you do any excursions in any of the other ports? 
I did in Skagway. And that's the one that was included um, with the distinctive voyages. Okay. So we got to do like a Klondike gold rush sort of experience. Um, It was by bus. Um, We visited, we did visit a brewery. um, So, and and this was a morning um, uh, excursion. So we had, we had, we started with um, beer for breakfast, um, which was, which was great. Uh, they got great beer there. And then we visited a gold rush um, era cemetery. Oh, so, and then we got to learn about some of the people that were buried there and how they got to be there and their stories, which were, which are pretty fascinating. Um, I do, I do recommend it if you like to hear history and, and stories mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. you know, this time period. And then, um, you know, the highlight of it was going through, uh, the white pass, okay. um, I don't, which is, familiar. it's, we actually crossed. So it's just this, um, it's where they traveled, um, through mm-hmm. to get, to get around Alaska and to, and to look for gold and stuff. So we traveled there by bus. It's this, it's just a beautiful area. I've took pictures. There's, um, a big, you know, plains area. We actually crossed through Canada for Mm -hmm. a bit. So we had to bring our passports and it's just, it's just a very scenic area. And there are some more stories that, you know, the guides will tell you along the way of, of what they had to do. And there was a requirement. One one notable things that I found was it was a, it was a checkpoint. Um, where you could not get beyond that checkpoint unless you had a certain amount of supplies on you, like a certain oh. that they weighed you. They weighed all the stuff you had and you had to have, I don't remember what the weight was, but you know, you had to have, you know, say, you know, a thousand pounds of goods on you to get through, or wow. they wouldn't let you go through. You have to go back and go buy more stuff. And the reason why was if you didn't have all those goods, gonna you weren't going to make it. Yeah. Yeah, so they wanted to make sure you had enough supplies to get through um, the voyage. It's like the Boy Scout checkpoint right there. Holy cow. Well, yep. glad for that. Can you testify to how friendly Canadians are? How? Say again? Can you testify to how friendly Canadians are? Friendly. Oh, I mean, we didn't see any <laughs> except when we <laughs> passed back. When we passed back, uh, they checked us real quick. Um and that was it. So it was very nice, friendly. We met the one Canadian at the border, and, and that was it. Um, and so you're like, we didn't see any. Like we're talking about moose. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in the middle of the nature, you know, in the wilderness here. So there's not a lot of people. Um, yeah, so oh, the, the Canadian moose are, are very so nice, nice, though. Here. Oh, that's good to know because they're mean on the U.S. side. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, uh, they're a little rougher on south of the border. Nice. Um, so, or not nice, but sorry, I was looking at my notes. Um, so then I want to talk about, you know, more nature and more seeing, uh, what you can see from the ship. Cause what I, what I wanted to ask was something along the lines of, um, when you're coming up, is it just icebergs everywhere or is it, you know, the inside passage? So you, you have the mountains on either side. Is it just that you're constantly surrounded and they encourage you to be on deck or do they announce like, oh, we're coming up on this glacier? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So there was one big day um, where we saw a glacier. And so that was, that was all pre-planned. They told us like, you know, the day before in our program, this is what we're going to do. You're going to want to get up at this time, find a good vantage point. Um, I was invited. There's a select group that was invited to go on the helipad that oh, they have cool. on the ship, yes. which is the best vantage point because it's in the front of the ship. Nice. And so we had um, a 180 degree mm. view of cool. the scenery, 
which was awesome. But the captain was great because what he did, um, some people moved around and stuff, but you didn't need to walk around, say you were in other parts of the ship um, to see everything. If you just stayed in the same spot, it was fine because at one point he did, you know, donuts huh. in uh and they did several donuts. So if you just stayed in, in the one spot, you, you got to see the whole scenery anyways. Wow. Um, but we got really close to the glacier. We, we met, um, we made a record for the year of getting closer to the glacier than, than the ship had previously. I don't know um, how so that I was feel really about cool. that. <laughs> was yeah. it by accident or by choice or like, how do they no, know? No, no. I was by choice. I think he was trying to beat his <laughs> previous record and, uh, and we did it, and we had a great naturalist on board. I don't yeah. remember his name off the top of my head, but he was on Solstice the previous year. And we we saw a presentation by him, and he was narrating everything that we were seeing, and he always had something to say. Mm. And they gave us these headphones, which were great, because sometimes the speakers, depending on where you were standing, you couldn't hear as well, but through the headphones, you can hear them great, or you can turn them off if you didn't want to hear them. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was the perfect experience, but he always had something to say, mm. what I loved, and he would always point out something. So we'd pass by a little iceberg, and then you know, I might not see it with my eyes, but these naturalists, like they are, they just, they can spot things, and they would point it out to us, oh, look, at there's some harbor seals over there, there's an eagle over there, or... Um, one thing that was really cool that people like to experience is the glacier when it sort of, um, like, I forget what they call it, but it sort of pieces of it break mm-hmm, off mm-hmm. and fall off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of a cool experience. So we got to see that a couple of times and he could kind of tell when it was going to happen or he had a good idea and he would kind of, hey, watching this area, it looks like it's about to go. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing when you're there, when you, there's, since everything in Alaska is so big, you have no good perspective. You can't tell how big mm-hmm. things are. But they, mm-hmm. but some people did a special excursion where they got on a smaller boat and got even closer to the glacier. Yeah. And that really provided perspective because the glacier didn't look all that big, us being on a big ship and everything sure. around in Alaska being high. big. But when that yeah. boat, yeah, when that boat went up, they were like, whoa, that, that glacier is actually a lot bigger than it looks. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I think it was, you know, I don't know, it, 10, 15 stories high. It didn't look like it though. Yeah. Matt, I'm a little bit like, cause so I was on the Queen Mary two, that's how, that's how we moved over here. Um, and you cross over some places in the ocean and you get these and the, and Cunard is, you know, somehow related to the white star line, blah, blah, blah. They have a history in connection to the Titanic. So there is actually Titanic artwork on the ship, which is a little alarming to me. I'm like, uh, okay, this is not that comforting. Like, this is the only real, what they say is like a, uh, an ocean liner versus a cruise ship. And it's, you know, because of the size of the hull and the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I, I know another cruise line that made this claim. And then they're at the bottom of the ocean right now. And while you're cruising over some of these ports or places in the ocean, they'll say, oh, this is where the last known transmission was, or this is where the SOS was picked up. And they'll tell you all these things. And, uh, and it's, uh, to me, it was really alarming. And I was like, I don't, I hope my kids don't hear this because uh, it's scary to me, right. but I have kind of a fear of water anyway, but, uh, but I do love cruising. Then it doesn't, I don't know that that goes hand in hand, but it does for me. But when I think about, and then I think about the, um, the Costa ship, right. That the guy just, I don't know if he was like showboating or what, remember? And he drug the side of the, the hull on the coral because he, I don't know yeah. if he was trying to get closer or whatever. And so I think about that 
and and like I, I guess if he's an experienced captain and that's like his territory of the world, go for it. But that makes me a little nervous. But yeah. Anyway, I'm glad that you came back in one piece. So that, yeah. <laughs> wow, that, that's scary to me, but um, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, good to know. Also terrifying. All right. So let's talk about, um, well, then my next question for you was, were you ever afraid while on the boat? No, no, I was never afraid. So it didn't rock. You didn't have any stormy weather. Nope. We did, we, the weather was great when we were there. There was one day uh, when we kind of came out of the inside passage to go to Victoria. Mm-hmm. That was a little rocky, but it was hardly noticeable. It was just a little um thing i've I've seen worse so it was it was great i was surprised i thought there might be a little bit rockier a rockier time but it wasn't and most of i knew it wasn't going to be through the inside passage because you've got the the mountains on either side so there's not a way for there to be a real rocky day but i thought maybe it might be a little rockier when we when we kind of left that part and we're heading to victoria but nope um not not while we went great um so let's talk about what wildlife you did actually see so yeah, saw lots of eagles. I saw harbor seals. Um, I didn't see, but some people saw beavers mm-hmm. and um, the hump, the humpback whale. Yeah, the humpback whale. Oh, neat. I didn't. I missed those, but other people <laughs> saw those. Now, if you did some excursions um, that I didn't do this time, but I'll probably go back and do it for my second trip. Cause I do want to go back. I might even go back next year, okay. but, um, you can see the big, what's called like the big Alaska four. Mm-hmm. And so some people saw that it's grizzly bears, it's moose, it's elk. And one other thing that I, that I'm drawing a blank on. Do you know what it is? Um, I don't want to say it in case I'm wrong and sound like an idiot on my own program. <laughs> Let me see. Is if I can find it for for safety. Let's say the husky and the malamute because they're adorable, and even if they're not in the big four, you'll be happy if you come across a sled team. <laughs> so here it is. I found it. It's the, it's the big Alaska five. I got it. so it's okay. It's grizzly bear, moose, reindeer, oh, wolf, and okay. doll sheep. So, but we didn't see that. Oh. You'd have to go on like a special excursion to do that, or maybe even you can do. Um, we didn't do it, but you can do with Alaska a a land tour, like three days before or after, mm-hmm. where you actually go to Denali, okay. um, which is, is pretty cool in the Yukon. So, and and then, yeah, yep, you go by train or bus, and uh, you stay there uh, for a couple nights, and you go out on excursions where you where you see that. And I have a client who just recently did that and they did see grizzly bear and a moose and reindeer. Mm. I've seen, so I used to do a lot of backpacking and I have seen all of those things, uh, you know, without the protection of, you know, shelter, uh, I don't know, a vehicle, whatever they're in. So that sounds like a pretty safe way to do that because up front in, in like the wild, they are terrifying. So, um, that's a good way to check those things off your list. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good to know. Um, is there anything else that, Oh, let's talk about, did you have a balcony? How were you, what room were you in and what do you recommend for this itinerary? Well, I guess it depends on the person for me. Um, since this is Alaska, 
Um, and we had sunsets that were at 11 p.m. Yes. And with the sunrise at 4 a.m., so yes. very not much darkness, and I like it pitch black. Yes. Like, I think I would really enjoy an inside cabin <laughs> personally, but uh, I had a window. Mm-hmm. And if you are someone who is a morning person or a night owl, you might enjoy a balcony because you're going to have amazing views of, of the mountains where you can just sit out on your balcony, mm-hmm. um, enjoy a drink or coffee or breakfast. So I guess it really depends on on how you your sleeping patterns and how you like to sleep and if light bugs you or not. Yeah. So in England, in the UK, uh, we're very far north. It's not quite Norway, but you know, like that far north. But we're we're pretty close. And that is my summer. Is it going? You know, the kids are putting them to bed, and they're like, "Mom, it's going to be light for like so many more hours," and we. We have this like crazy multiple light. I put like the cling forms to the window and we have the roll down blind that comes down real tight. And then I have blackout curtains on top of that. So I had to put them in that and then, you know, close their door until they fall asleep and then quick open it up and open all the windows so that they don't sweat to death. But it, it's, if the, and then it gets light at 4am. So my son gets up at 4am. And so it, it has right. really started messing with me. Like even the winter. So the, I think it's December 21st is the shortest day of the year. And they, it gets dark at like three twenty three PM or something. So we get the opposite over the winter where it gets dark really early. But I'll tell you what, if you are a light sleeper and you know, it's, it's hard. It, it is hard. So, you know, if you, I do think that a for me, a balcony would be the way to go for Alaska just because you could be, you know, just have your own reserved little space with nature. That would be neat for me. But I would definitely bring like one or more sleep masks in order to make that work in case the light gets in. Because, yeah, I'm, I don't want to say that I'm suffering because I am truly blessed to be where I'm living and, you know, all that sort of jazz. But it is hard with the light in this. Well, and it dip- it also depends too, because with, um, so for me, I know I'm fine in an inside cabin, but I've had some friends, um, when we've gone cruising together and they were in an inside cabin, they got claustrophobic. Yeah. So you kind of just have to know yourself. Like, do you need, are you someone who needs a window? They are fixed windows. You can't open them. So yeah. it, do you need, uh, you know, I know I have some people, they have to have a balcony cause they need to be able to, they want easy access to outside. Sure. They feel claustrophobic if they can't, if they can't get outside. So it just depends on on your personality. Yeah, I do. I mean, we've done both balcony and we've done inside. Um, and, and my kids actually really enjoy the inside and we enjoy the inside because their schedules are better. And I think you can regulate the AC better in the inside cabins and because of the darkness, but the, the room, like the spaciousness of the balcony is nice. But I will say that, um, my parents came over on the Queen Mary two to visit us because I wanted them to experience it. And they believed me for whatever reason. And they had an inside cabin and they, my mom is claustrophobic in a big way. And she actually found it was, it was quite sufficient and she enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, you got to know yourself, but there are some bigger inside staterooms. So I don't know if that matters. I guess the thought of being closed in could be a problem, but anyway, there are some nice ones. One celebrity yeah, Celebrity has some pretty nice suites as well that get you exclusive access to things. So as we were talking about the lines earlier, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you, say, get um, a seat, a suite class, 
um, cabin or a aqua class mm-hmm. cabin, uh, you get front of the line pass um, okay. when you're when you're embarking when you're getting on the ship. So you so you don't have to worry about if there's going to be a long line. It's going to be fairly short. And the difference is the suite class and aqua class are fairly similar. The difference is, I would say, the main difference is, do you like do you like spa and relaxation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or is that not important to you? Because the aqua class is going to give you access to the spa amenities. Um, if you want a facial or a massage, you have to pay for those. But if you just want to use the facilities, you can use those as much as you want, which are great at sea days. And they have a really nice, relaxing, warm sort of tile um, resting area that you lay on that mm-hmm. kind of, it's it's kind of molded to your back. I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but it's yes. got this, you know, full view full ocean view um, out there in, in Alaska, then you've got, you know, ocean and a mountain view. So it's really cool. Mm, nice. Yeah. So I was going to say, I guess it depends on how many sea days you have. And I should ask you, how many sea days did you have on this itinerary? How many sea days did we have? Let me see here real quick. I don't remember off the top of my head. So we're in Seattle. Then we had a sea day. And then day four was a sea day. Day six was a sea day. It looks like we had like about three, three sea days. Okay. I think that's great. I, I was just in a conversation with someone who said, I don't understand where you would get, go on a transatlantic cruise. It's all sea days, but the ships are really nice. They have great entertainment. They have great dining. They have great dancing. They have just loads to do things to learn. I don't know. I like a sea day. So the spa. I like the sea days. So I didn't understand it either um, because I'm used to just doing land vacations before mm-hmm. I started cruising. And I'm like, why, why would I want to just be on the ship or what, you know? But once I had my first cruise, I was like, these sea days are kind of nice because yeah. you get to relax. You know, it's your vacation. That's exactly You're working it. all hard all year. And then you finally get time to go on vacation, but then it's like you're working because you're, you know, if you want to see stuff and explore, you're every day, you're in a different city or you're, you know, walking through the city doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And these, these sea days sort of force relaxation. So yes. I, I, I look forward to the sea days. Actually, I'm like, oh, I get, this is my day. I get to relax. I get to sleep in. I don't have to do anything if I don't want to. Yes. Um, but if I want to, they've got plenty of activities organized on board and of course shows and all that stuff too. Yeah, I agree. Because when you're in a port, you're, there's pressure to go, 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 take it in, see it all, burn some holes in your shoes because you've walked so much, um, which is good because right. you're probably eating along the way. But um, yeah, I think I like a sea day for for the, for the express purpose of relaxing. So there you go. Yep. Well, Matt, is there anything I forgot to mention? Anything that is coming up for you that we should talk about? Or this is your show. Well, my next. Go ahead. Yeah, I've got um, another distinctive voyage um, that I'm hosting. That's mm-hmm. going to be in October. Mm-hmm. It's on the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really cool. That's on Azamara. So that's a, a, one of the luxury lines. Yes. Um, we are going to go, we start, it goes from Barcelona to Rome. And then we visit some really cool places in between. We're going to go to um, the Provence area of France. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Monte Carlo, Monaco. We're going to visit Livorno in Italy, which is you can do um, from there. You can do excursions to Pisa or Florence, or mm-hmm. you can just stay in Livorno if you want to. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Porto Ferraio, which is um, on uh, a little island called Elba. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. So that's interesting. So Italy is one of my favorite countries. So I'm excited because we're going, I mean, I've been to Rome before, but all the other places that we're going to in Italy, I've never been to. I've only on this itinerary, I've been to all the countries almost except Monaco in here, but I haven't Mm. been to the other areas of these countries. So I'm going to new places and countries I've been to. So I'm excited to explore and learn more about these, these other areas. Cool. Can you give us a link to that for the show notes? So we'll, we'll put that on. Oh, excuse me. Put that in the show notes. Um, yep, I'll send you a link to that. And and then I've got another thing because it's back to back. I just decided I, um, I'm going to do right after that mm-hmm. cruise. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go on a river cruise. Which one is this? Is this through, which, tell me this one. This is on the new double wide. I don't want to say double wide. The. No, no, I'm not. not, It is a new ship. It's a brand new ship um, called the Amamora. It was just launched just recently, Um, but it's not the double wide one. Uh, It's going to be, it's the standard one, but just all, you know, all, all, all new and, and stuff, all the good new stuff. But yeah, so this one is a really cool one. I, I had, debate i wanted to either do the upper danube or this one and i decided this one um it's the enchanting rhine Mm. it goes from basel to amsterdam you visit this is this area that you go through um called the rhine gorge is a designated unesco world heritage site it has about 40 castles (gasps) strung along the river so we get to visit some of them but when we're not visiting them we just get to you know see them, you know, as we're, as we're cruising through. Mm. So I think that's going to be really cool. And then we visit these like cute little small picturesque towns that look like they were, you know, ripped out of the pages of a fairy tale. Mm. And that's what I'm really excited about. I, I love, I love the small, the small towns. Um, yeah. And that's, in Europe. that area, I mean, that's, I mean, that's where a lot of the, our fairy tales that we consider, you know, well, you know, of American heritage, the, the ones that we're familiar with are, that region of the world is where they came out of. So they kind of were ripped yep. out of a page. That's cool. Um, and so two observations. One is um, where all those castles are. I don't think that as Americans that haven't traveled to Europe or England or you know anything like that, that they realize how many stone structures there are or were. Like there are just so many. And that sounds really appealing to me, but I'm also right now kind of, I don't want to say that I'm over castles, but I am certainly very familiar with, you know, British castles and Welsh castles at the moment, just because we've been traveling the whole summer and just, you know, hitting up as many as we can. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how many there are and how many that have been torn down that, you know, there's just a couple walls left. There would be many more. It's just wild. And then like the abbeys and the monasteries, there's so many stone buildings that are just beautiful. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, your pictures of that because it it is a really neat area of the world. Um, and then my other observation is that in Axum province is, uh, do you know this company, L'Occitane? It's like that L apostrophe O-C-C-I-T-A-N-E. Yeah. That's where... Um, yeah, it's the makeup, or not makeup, but moisturizers yeah. and... Yeah, I think they do makeup too, products. but it's skincare. But their lavender fields yeah, are there. So I don't know if you can oh. get to that, but it's a it's an herb growing region. So they have just fields and fields of lavender. I don't know if it'll be in bloom, but it's supposed to be stunning. So there's a wow. something you could possibly do there. And um and that's all I have. Anything else before we close it out? Nope, that's it. All right. Well thank you, Matt. Thank you so very much for being on the program again. It was a pleasure to host you. Thank 
you. It's been great. Okay, wonderful. All right, until the next time, this is Megan Chapa, your host of the Travel Radio Podcast, saying good night. 